0: Our next storyteller is Sonia Jackson, who has a story about two strong female role models in her family. I grew up in Des Moines, and from the time I was eight years old, I knew I wanted to leave. <laughs> I fantasized about shaking the dust off of this town off of my shoes and leaving a place that sometimes left a... Sickly, petite, caramel colored girl feeling lost and lonely and and out of place. Now, in my escape dreams, I did not picture a cartoon version of myself. I was not going to be seen with a handkerchief with all my belongings tied to a stick, slung over my shoulder, waiting for the next freight train. No, in my dreams, I look like my grandmother. Well, actually, I look like a dog-eared black-and-white photo of my grandmother when she's having the time of her life at the Club DeLisa in Chicago, a long-ago shuttered honky-tonk on the south side. My, for my escape, In my escape dream, I actually dressed smart for the part. I saw myself in a 1940-style A-line dress to accentuate my hourglass figure, even though I hadn't yet developed. And I would wear a pillbox hat with a veil, a black halo pillbox hat. And I would have a, a purse that would dangle just above my wrist, right above my uh, white-gloved hand. No, I was I was dressed super smart. I couldn't, I, I saw myself as my grandmother though because my, grandma, my grandmother was the blueprint for escaping Iowa. Grandma moved to Des Moines. Well, first of all, she grew up in Gravity, which is a small farming town about 35 miles outside of Des Moines. And um, she decided to move to Chicago. When she moved to Chicago, she dated gangsters, gamblers, And she wrote policy. Policy was the precursor to the lottery. She actually had a little pearl-handled pistol, and she said she would bust somebody (laughs) if they got out of line. (laughs) My grandmother used to take me to the Des Moines airport. We could sit on the tarmac back then, and we would watch the planes. We would eat her sandwiches that were jammed with lunch meat and ham salad, and we'd wash them down with ice-cold orange sodas sitting on top of her Chevy Impala, her forest green late-model Chevy Impala, and we'd watch the planes as they would push back, taxi, and then soar into the blue sky. My grandmother would say to me, well, what are you going to do when you get there? Where are you going? As if I was on one of those planes. And I would quickly say a destination, just pull something out of a hat. And then she'd follow up with, well, what are you going to do when you get there? And I'd come up with something, something else. My grandmother and I played that game frequently. She often took me to the airport. And I started studying places that I wanted to travel to. And I started thinking about the things that I would do when I got there. My grandmother saw me. She understood me because I was a bookish girl who preferred adults to children, and my grandmother got that, and she also knew that I was a dreamer, and she taught me to dream. When I was about eight, Grandma taught me how to play poker. (laughs) And she said, if you're gonna play poker, if you're gonna peep some hold cards, you need a highball. And so she proceeded to make me my first drink. (laughs) Southern Comfort and Coke. I drank the drink. As it went down, it was hot and medicinal and actually was a little yucky. (laughs) But I felt like such a grown up. And from time to time, I take a puff from the cigarette that was hanging from my long black cigarette holder. Yeah, you know, my grandmother taught me how to dream, and it was so powerful. And another person who had a tremendous impact on my life was my my grandmother's older sister, my great aunt Lula. Aunt Lula protected Grandma because Grandma, like me, was the baby of the family, and uh, she took such good care of her. And she would um, she would she would say to her that if you have a moment, if you have a moment and you teach a child to play poker, (laughs) that child may get out of hand. Because here's the thing, Aunt Lula also loved poker. And so Aunt Lula was this incredible woman who, When I'd visit her, she she actually um, was the first African-American woman to get a PhD in the state of Iowa. She was the 12th African-American woman in the country to get a PhD. But see, as a kid, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that I was sitting at the feet of a scholar of a pioneer, of an activist. I just knew that she was my really quirky, smart smart aunt. Sometimes when I'd visit her, she, she taught in a number of universities and then she ultimately retired to Millsboro, Delaware. to a tony community just on the inlet of the Indian Ocean. And when I would go visit her, if I got bored, she'd say, go grab the dictionary doll. And I'd grab the dictionary and she'd say, pick a word, you can pick any word, and we'd do this for hours, and I would pick a word, and I'd say the word to her, and she would tell me the definition of the word verbatim. I absolutely love that, and that taught me to love words. So, my great aunt was a pioneer, and I escaped Iowa, finally, after graduating from the University of Iowa. And I ended up living in Chicago and um, working for big department, big companies, leading big departments and guiding the social conscience of Fortune 500 companies. Uh, one day I was in a meeting, I was presenting in a meeting and one of my colleagues, a, a much se- more senior colleague, and like Aunt Lula, I, I had become a pioneer because I was often the only person of color and often the only woman in typically male environments. And so, a male colleague, as I was doing this presentation, said to me, I think that that, I said a word, and he, he elbowed me and he said, I think that that's a big word for you. <laughs> and without missing a beat, I said, actually it's not. It's not. Is it a big word for you? His face turned bright red and, and um, he sort of sat back because he was trying to make me the butt of the joke. But what I had learned from my aunt and what I had learned from my grandmother, a couple of things, number one, if you are going to show up, if you are going to be in situations that are unique to you, sometimes you have to have sharp elbows, but you also have to have grace. And what that situation did for me is it helped me diffuse the the colleague's comment, and that came directly from, from my great aunt Lula. So in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I lived in Chicago, and the world for me turned upside down. Illinois was one of the first states to go on lockdown, and uh, I was becoming increasingly antisocial and agoraphobic, and just scared of everybody and everything. And then I realized that the place that I ran away from was the place that I needed to have a respite. And so I loaded my SUV with all of my belongings, as many of my belongings as I I could. I should tell you that. Coming back to, Mo- to Des Moines was never on my bingo card. I had not planned to come back to Des Moines. And so I loaded up my SUV. I donned an N95 mask, and I donned, put on some those blue latex gloves that everybody was wearing. I used to wear them all day long, even in my own house. And I got in my, my car. I thanked God for giving me the presence of mind to buy a hybrid because that meant I could travel from my downtown condo in Chicago to my parents' house in Des Moines without ever having to stop to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and when I got here, I, I realized I, I had the opportunity to be close to my parents. My par- I have a very close family. My parents are in their 80s, and I had the opportunity to be close to them again. And it seemed unfathomable that I had lived away for more than 30 years. Because living away meant living away from them. And I decided to stay. You know, my my grandmother taught me to dream and taught me to see things that were not absolutely present in front of me, but things that I needed to see, like places to travel and places to dream about. And my great aunt taught me about grace and handling obstacles and handling difficult situations because she incurred a lot to graduate with her doctorate in 1941. What I realize in being here is that family teaches us who we are while helping us learn who we need to be. I'm happy to be back in Des Moines now because I'm back with my family. I'm back here because of love, and love is the great equalizer. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sonia, for telling us about those two. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.